it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome into ACC Tailgate on a... Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, like we like to do it. Uh, I am your host, Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wilburn Gold. Uh, appreciate you all joining in. We've got a lot of ACC basketball to get to today, uh, a little ACC football as well at the end, and a little NFL sprinkled in there as well. I know um, <clears throat> we've had a pretty heavy uh, three shows or so uh, as far as the NFL content, is con- specifically Super Bowl content. Uh, is concerned. Um, so I'm excited to kind of get back into some ACC territory, specifically basketball, which is somewhere we haven't spent a ton of time because we were blessed with such a great football season and, you know, Super Bowl picked up. And so now I do have some things I want to get off my chest about ACC basketball. Um, <clears throat> so let me start here, by the way. Actually, let me get my uh... – and uh, please get into the comments, by the way as well. Uh, I'd love to get you in there and uh, interact live on air. That's always fun to do. You know, we've had some great uh, episodes that were practically all just comments back and forth. And the, and so, some of my favorite episodes have been, you know, Jig's Dad 44 getting in the comments, Spartan Barton getting in the comments, uh, my dude out from Syracuse getting in the comments. You know, some of those have been my funnest shows because they're so, they're authentic, they're real. Not that none of this, no, all right not already authentic, uh, but it's just like it's on the spot. It's just straight up conversation. Uh, it's fun. I, I always enjoy those uh, uh, that type of stuff the best. And we got our first comment of the day, Spartan Barton. Uh, who is going to take down Gonzaga? I don't know. Um, that, that's an interesting question. I would like to say – I would hope that it might be somebody out of the ACC – uh, that would do that damage. There are three, and and now that you mentioned that, I don't know who's going to take down Gonzaga. Maybe it'll be UVA, maybe it'll be Louisville, maybe it'll be Virginia Tech. Just for the sake of, you know what, I'll, I'll give you my two preferred uh, answers to that. <clears throat> I don't know who's going to do it, but I either hope it's UNC because I'm a fan and what who better to beat, but if it's not UNC, I hope it's FSU, just to prove historically correct about telling you guys not to sleep on FSU. That'll be a fun piece of comment uh, content to air on social media, uh, and it'll be a fun conversation to have here on the show. So those are my two answers, FSU, UNC. I hope one of those two, or both, takes down uh, takes down Gonzaga. Um, so let me go here. 
since Spartan Barton got us going, let me get my banners up. The good old ACC tailgate banners right here on Chris Landry Football. Wanted to say hello to our podcast listeners. Uh, always appreciate you guys. Always appreciate your ears. Uh, let's see. Get this off my screen. There we go. Appreciate our uh, again, yeah. Appreciate our podcast listeners. Um, I, I want to start interacting more uh, with the podcast listeners a little bit. That's one thing I like to try and do is really um, make the content feel personalized. You know, you know. Right now we're live on Twitch, uh, and then you know, obviously after the fact, it's recorded and put on Twitch. But I want to start, you know, talking to our podcast viewers a little bit more and. Uh, you know, make it a little more native for them. So podcast listeners really appreciate you guys and, uh, you know, appreciate you guys tuning in. You know, it means a lot to have your ears out there. So here we go. There are certain teams that maybe based off of record, you wouldn't expect them to be a threat or not much of one. Um, You know, I, I can say from personal experience, you know, as a former baseball player, I've been through this and through this and through this. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter when I was in Little League. It didn't matter when it was travel ball. It didn't matter when it was high school ball. It didn't matter when it was college. There are certain teams that – now, I guess, obviously, you notice this more when, with playoff time. Uh, there's certain teams – they just get on a roll. They get hot, and no matter what they've done earlier in the season, no matter what their record is, no matter who they've beaten, who they haven't beaten, no matter what you did against them the first time around earlier in the season, if you played them, it doesn't matter. When they get hot at the right time, a.k.a. the end, the last little chunk of the season going into the playoffs, there are certain teams that you just can't stop because they get hot, they get on a roll, they get confident, the chemistry builds as a result of that, and they become a very, very dangerous team. Regardless, throw the record out, throw out what you did against them the first time around, but because they are just they're hot, they're rolling, you're not they're gonna be they're gonna be a tough out. Um I know specifically my high school, my junior and senior, uh, I'm trying to think if it was more my junior or senior year. Both years we were kind of in the same situation for the playoffs. Uh, might have been my senior year specifically. We kind of got in that position uh, where we just got hot at the – because we literally, you know, about midway through the season – because we had certain goals that we set before the season started. You know, our our coach was an English teacher. We're sitting in his classroom. You know, he's writing down our goals on the whiteboard, things we want to do. One was beat our rival. Ragsdale, if you're from around the Piedmont Triad area, Diamonds Down. Um, another one was to – I don't remember specifically because it's been about five, six, six years now. Uh, one went, I think, to make the conference tournament, things like that. And about midway through the year, you know, we weren't having a great year. We were doing all right. We lost a lot of close games. But we were still in a position where we could see making the conference tournament or the state tournament, whichever it was. And so we eval as you should do, you know, when you've set goals and, you know, that that's one thing that people, I think, make mistakes on. It's like they set goals and they reach a certain point where maybe they haven't gotten quite as far as they want or they can see that that goal 
maybe within that time frame, which, by the way, putting a time stamp on a goal is a bad thing to do anyway, uh, in my opinion. But you're not going to make that goal within that certain amount of time. or you, you, you have to adjust. The goal is not possible, most likely. You have to adjust. And that's what we did about midpoint through the season. You know, We made some adjustments, and we kind of took a look at our record and what we needed to do in order to make the tournament and make the playoffs. So we did that and we got on that hot streak. You know, we got on that roll. We got where well, we were a very dangerous team to play. We were a tough out. And so I've been on teams like that. I've also faced teams like that, more so faced them than been on those types of teams, uh, just the way it turned out. So there's three teams like that in the ACC basketball. There's three teams like that that I think could potentially be dangerous uh, come ACC tournament, come you know March Madness, assuming they get in the tournament. You know, some of that may be dependent on what they do in the ACC tournament here in a couple of weeks. Uh, but these are three teams not named, uh, not not top five teams. You know, not UVA, not FSU, not Virginia Tech, not Louisville, not UNC. Top five out of this conversation. These are three teams that, you know, based on if, if you had never watched the te these teams play before, you know, you're just strictly looking at the name of the team on a computer screen or a piece of paper, just looking at the record. You don't know anything about them. You would look at them and be like, well, they're not ranked. The record's eh, you know, so-so, kind of half and half. What's, you know, you would discount them. So here they are. Number one, and the one I'm most convinced about, uh, Pitt. Pitt's nine and six overall. They're five and five in conference. And to me, they fall. I think all three of these teams actually fall in the category of that hot teams at the end of the season that you that they're they're just on the right roll and forget the record, forget what they did earlier in the season. They are the team that you do not want to face right now. They're hot. They're they're clicking. All three of these teams fall in that category, specifically the first two, first one being Pitt. Also, kind of going back to that first point, they hung around with UVA in one of their last games. They hung around, lost it 73-66, to 66, but they were in that game the whole way. And that would have been, again, UVA at the time of the game was number nine in the country. That would have been a big win for them. And just the fact that they were able to hang with them for the majority of the game, says something. They were also able to, again, beat Virginia Tech, ranked number 18 team at the time. They won that one 83-72. to 72. So they've shown the ability to hang around and beat ranked teams. And then I think the factor that has played into being able to hang with teams like that and what will play into how they do moving forward is their, their star player, Justin Champagny, I always, every time I see his name, he's the deal with the Afro. Every time I see him, I think of Champagne because that's how his name looks, but it's Champagne, Champagne, whatever. Uh, he's going to, he's the spark plug for that team. And he's going to be the reason he's going to be, he's going to be that ignition. That's going to push them forward. He's done it already this season. Uh, and he's going to be the reason that they potentially make a big run at the end of the year. So team number two on this list. Georgia Tech. I'm not as hot on them as I am Pitt, 
but they're just a couple notches lower. You know, they're nine and seven overall. They're five and five in the conference. And they also hung with UVA. They lost that one 57 to 49. But they hung around for most of the game. And their player, their star player, Jose Alvarado, has been again, just like Justin Champagne on Pitt, he's been the spark plug for Georgia Tech for a lot of these wins. A lot of these games were like against UVA, they hung in there till the very end. Um, and they've also beaten FSU and Clemson this year. FSU, I don't remember what they were ranked at the time, but they've beaten two ranked opponents this year. FSU was a really good one. That was actually recently. And then Clemson, to a lesser degree, but still ranked. Uh, so they've shown the ability to hang in there with the best teams in the conference and the country. I mean, in my opinion, if you're in the top 25, you're one of the best teams in the country. Uh, and they've shown the ability to hang around with those types of teams. So, again, Jose Alvarado will be the ignition switch, just like Justin Champagne for Pitt. He's going to be the ignition ignition switch that will potentially push this run that they that Georgia Tech may be getting ready to go on. So the last one, I don't have any facts, figures, any uh, – oh, look, look back at what they did because, you know, again, I'm – I'm more sold on Pitt and Georgia Tech than this last one. This last one is just strictly off of a test. It's just strictly off of a random feeling in my gut just by watching them play that I feel like they could do some damage late. This would be a legit version of it don't matter what they did in the regular season. It doesn't matter because they're they're eight and ten overall. They're five and seven. So they're in the negative. They may unless they do something special in the ACC tournament, they making probably the the, uh, the NCAA tournament. But they could go deep in the ACC tournament, potentially. Like, I don't know. I just got a random feeling about that. I don't know. That's it. Random. Notre Dame. They just beat Duke. Now, granted. Beating Duke is not as credible this year as it usually would be because Duke ain't ranked. Duke's having the worst seasons it's had of my lifetime or ever, quite frankly, since maybe the 90s. And it it doesn't mean as much. Now, granted, you're still facing Coach K. You're still at Cameron, minus the fans, but you're still at Cameron. You're still in that building against Coach K. That says something that you were able to get a win like that on the road. So I just think that Notre Dame could potentially, again, just off a feeling in my gut, if they don't go deep at least in the ACC tournament and run the table the rest of their season, they ain't making the tournament. But I don't know. I just, that would be an extreme version of don't matter what they did in the regular season, don't matter what their record is, you don't want to face them right now. And so those are my three teams Pitt, Georgia Tech. And to a much lesser degree, but just a feeling in my gut, Notre Dame are the three teams that could be a tough out and could be that version of a team where it doesn't matter what you did in the, in the regular season early on, doesn't matter what your record is, doesn't matter what we did against you the first time. You're hot now, you're clicking, you're on a roll, the chemistry's good, and you're a tough out at the right time of the year. So let's move on. Actually, let's stick around here in the in uh, ACC basketball territory. Uh, real quick, before I get to that, let me uh, mention our sponsor, American Betting Experts. Uh, they sponsor our show here on uh, 
ACC Tailgate and all our other shows here on uh, Landry Football. Uh, they are one of the licensed, or excuse me, one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the U.S. We have teamed with them to provide you guys a special gaming offered. And what you're going to want to do is you're going to go to our website, LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad that's in the upper right side of the page. Pick among the gaming sites, legal in your home state, uh, BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet. You're going to sign up, instantly receive an account deposit, match, or risk-free bet. It, it could go from $100 to $1,000. It is literally that easy. And, you can again, you can get that deal on the upper right side of our website, LandryFootball.com. So, as we welcome in some new viewers, hope you're doing well. Uh, let's see here. Yes, JigsDad44, welcome in, by the way. I assume, so So I've seen several people, and you can guys can clear up for me. I'm not as uh, familiar. I've seen uh, several people say cheer 100. In my opinion, that just is a version of saying cheers. I'm getting ready to take a drink of water, so cheers to you too, pal. Uh, but to JigsDad44, 44's point here, Georgia Tech does really look right, look good right now. I don't remember who did they who did they just play. I don't remember specifically who they just played, but I mean it just they look really good. Jose Alvarado looks like I I know I had the random feeling about Notre Dame and I I do, but man, like I'm very if I could pick two teams in the ACC minus the top five in the in the conference that I wouldn't want to mess around with right now and come tournament time, it would be Pitt and it would be Georgia Tech. Like I just they're hot right now. They look good. They're playing well. They're firing on all cylinders. And again, they're hanging around with some of these ranked teams. Like you both of them hung around with UVA uh and put up real fights against them for the whole game. And honestly, based on what I was looking at on the game, uh I thought they were gonna pull it off. I was like, yeah, oh they might take out UVA convincingly, like not convincingly, but like they just played well. You know, I think convincingly convincingly was more the eye test, you know, not the scoreboard, but you know what I'm talking about. So yeah, I assume you're talking about Jose Alvarado. He se- he does seems like he's played at Georgia Tech for 15 years. I mean, it is, it is nice to see them having a good, uh, good run right now, you know, because they haven't been relevant for some time. Uh, so that's kind of nice to see. So now that we've talked about the teams that uh, could make a run and could get hot and kind of already are hot. Um, okay. Cheers, our money, we, we are donating to the channel. So that's what that means. We'll really appreciate that. That that means the world to us here. I had no idea how the donations and, and, and stuff work. So that that's awesome. I really appreciate it. Uh, you guys doing that uh, for us. That's cool. I, I had no idea for that. Um, so, Duke. God, let's take the broadcaster objective goggles off for a moment. And I'm going to put my UNC goggles on. <clears throat> it makes me so freaking happy that... The year following Carolina's stinker of a year, they're the first losing season Roy Williams has ever had at Carolina. That Duke would follow that up with one of their own. That warms my heart like you would not imagine. 
objective goggles back on here. So, you know, it's it's hard to have dynasties. Well, dynasties are a little bit different in college. Um, mainly because it's it's more so a dynasty because of the program up top and the coach and the coaches running it less so than the players. Obviously, the players play into that, of course. But they're you know in pros, dynasties are more so the same main formula of players. You know, with the Warriors, it was Curry, it was Draymond Green, it was KD, uh, Andre Iguodala. It was the same main mix of players that made that run possible. To a lesser degree, I wouldn't call them a dynasty, but the Miami Heat, it was LeBron, D-Wade, um, <clears throat> and Chris Bosh, Eric Spolster as the coach. You know, with the Cavs, it was LeBron, it was Kyrie, it was Tristan Thompson, uh, Kevin Love. You know, it was the same mix of players that made that those dynasty or super teams, if you will, possible. In college, it's a little different because – especially in basketball when with your one and dones or two and dones it's it's you know it's it's hard to have a dynasty where the dynasty is like the players uh and and what i mean is i guess a great example of this would be my favorite college basketball team of all time the 0809 tar heels that won the chip but that team was together in 0809 uh 0708 mostly for the most part 06, 07, um, it was the same group of players. Tyler Hansborough, Ty Lawson, Wayne Ellington, Danny Green, Deion Thompson. I could do this all day. Uh, Roy Williams, duh. And this dude right here. Um, so that, But you don't see a lot of that anymore in college because you got one and dones, two and dones, specifically in basketball. Um, less so in, you know, you can't do that in football. But for the most part, because of the rotation of players or players transferring for that matter, um, because of the just natural rotation of players, because they're not pros, they can't just stay there. They got to graduate or move on. You know, you don't see as many dynasties come up that are dynasties because of the players. They're dynasties because of Nick Saban. They're dynasties because of Dabo Sweeney. They're dynasties because of Roy Williams. And they're dynasties because of Coach K. And this is the first year that Coach K is having this type of year. And, you know, he's going to get a lot of flack. He's going to get a lot of hate. And to the point that I started out with, you know, it's kind of interesting that right after Carolina just had their first losing season under Roy Williams and ever, now Duke is having their first losing season since I think like 1995 or something like that. It's been a long time. So you don't see it very often. And even, be, you know, it, it, it's it's surprising, but it, it is what it is. Uh, you know, you would be surprised the amount of people that were saying, oh, is Roy Williams done? You know, is he past his prime? Is it time to, time to move on from Roy? I'm like, it's the guy's first losing season. Are you out of your mind? Like, he's one of the greatest college basketball coaches ever. And because he's having one, one, uno losing seasons. We're moving. You're ready to move. You serious right now? And there's been a little bit of that with Coach K. I haven't heard it as much, 
mainly because I'm not plugged in to the Duke crowd as much as I am the Carolina crowd, obviously, so I don't hear it as much. Uh, so, but there are those out there that would have those conversations. And then, you know, there was that conversation about Coach K. And the, the point of the matter is this, you know, and I, and I hate it, uh, but a lot of times the greats, your Roy's, your Coach K's, your LeBron's, your Tom Brady's, the greats at whether you're the player or the coach or your Dabo's, Dabo gets a lot. It's like anything they can use to demonize you or lesser you or just say, ah, finally, gotcha, you know, because they've been just so great. You know, it, it's a shame that that's the case. You know, I would rather praise these guys just of the greatness that they bring to our sports. Um, but it is what it is. So I'm pretty sure Duke has a pretty good, really good recruiting class coming in next year. So I don't think it's going to be an issue. Uh, I think it'll be a quick turnaround, but it's just, it'll be interesting. But, you know, and, and again, that uh, loss to Notre Dame the other night uh, was what really kind of sunk the ship or put the final nail in the coffin because uh, Duke was going to have to run the table and go deep into the ACC tournament anyway to make the playoffs. Um, so let's see here. Let's see, Jig's dead, 44. Syracuse has never had a losing season under Bayheim, and they kill him on Q's radio and Twitter on a daily basis. I don't doubt it. And, that, and that's kind of, that's kind of, yeah, 45 years. It's a long freaking time. That's longer than Roy. It's about Coach K's length, I think, too. Um, it's it's about that. But, yeah, like stuff like Jigs Dad 44 is just talking about. It's like the dude is the epitome of greatness and longevity. And the coach of a dynasty program, uh, you know, Syracuse hasn't had a lot of success lately, uh, as you would attest. But historically, they have. Um, and Bayheim has been the main reason for that. And even still, the guy gets – I mean, you're seeing it right now with Bill Belichick. You're seeing it right now. Now, I will tell you that it does raise questions for me personally that, I don't know, Tom Brady may have been more of the reason for the success in New England than Belichick. But I tend to go more this way because this is just kind of the way I'm wired. I'm not, I'm not this, you know, pessimistic and – you know, try and find the angle to bring somebody down that has clearly been incredible, a.k.a. Bill Belichick. I think it's the marriage. I think it was the marriage of Belichick and Brady. And those two great ones together is what really made that dynasty. Obviously, it was Brady. Obviously, it was Bill Belichick. You can have the debate all day who it was more of. But at the end of the day, it was those two together that made that thing come up the way it did for the last 20 freaking years. You know, I yeah, these conversations, it's just like, I just don't go that way. So, yeah. It, uh, but, yeah, Duke had to run the table. They had, I think they they had Notre Dame. They've got Carolina to finish up the season. And then I think they had UVA. don't know if that was home or on the road. But the point is they had to run the table, and even that was going to be a long shot. So, the Tar Heel in me is ecstatic. And saying how beautiful this is. But the objective, actually trying to do a good job and be objective here, uh, is saying that it's all good, Duke fans. It's one year. I went through it last year. Carolina's not having the year I thought they would, but they're fine. They'd be good. We've all, we know 
You've been spoiled with greatness for ever. You'll be back next year. So let me finish up with this. Um, oh, and Jigsdad44 brings up a good, back to the Patriots. New England does have crazy cap space, by the way. Well, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what they're able to bring in. Uh, I honestly, I was kind of, I come to, I've come to find out, I was kind of in the minority on this. I thought Stafford would have been perfect for New England. I don't know. I just, I thought he would. I mean, just, I feel like he is exactly what Belichick would need as a quarterback to work with to kind of get himself going back in the right direction after kind of a really, and really the fact that the Patriots, I think it was seven and nine that they were able to pull off with basically Cam Newton and nothing else. A Cam Newton that's unfortunately on kind of on the downswing. The fact that they were able to do that was actually pretty impressive. So yeah, New England's, they got a lot of cap space. Um, and Jigs Dad 44 wants to see what they do, which is fair, which which is what I like to see. Yeah, um, I, I like to see people that want to give people the benefit of the doubt like this. You know, he says he wants to see what they do with that cap space before he's just going to say it was all Brady, which I think is completely fair. And I commend you, Jigs Dad 44, for that. So um, where do I want to go here to finish up? So real quick. Because this, I'm a few days late on this, um, but, you know, doing the show only Tuesdays and Thursdays, it's not like the day after something happens, I can just come out the next day and be like, all right, let's talk about this. It just happened. It's like I got to wait till a Tuesday or a Thursday. So uh, TJ Watt got robbed. He did. Um, defensive player of the year, uh, Aaron Donald ended up getting. Now, now by the way, and I'm just going to take a few minutes on this just because I just wanted to mention it. This is not a, a, an indictment against Aaron Donald by any means. I hate that we live in a society that it's like so, it's so black. Guys, there is so much more gray out here than black and white. It just is. Like you can do multiple things at once. It's not one side or the other. It's not, you know, all right, if I'm with this guy, I got to you know, this guy, screw this guy. Like I got, it's not, you can do two things at once. Aaron Donald is a heck of a defender and he should be in the running for that award. But based strictly on the numbers. So, so the point is, this is not me saying, Oh, Aaron Donald shouldn't have got that. that, that, that. No, it's not that both of these guys should get it, but based strictly on the numbers and JJ Watt essentially said what I'm saying, by the way, on social media, Based on the numbers, T.J. Watt should have won it. Now, if you went strictly off of eye test and just strictly off of that, I can understand why Aaron Donald won it just because he's a bigger, technically, he's a bigger name. Um, he's a bigger name than T.J. Watt. He was on a team that was in my opinion, more of a contender than, Pitt, contender than Pittsburgh was this year. Even though Pittsburgh was undefeated there for a while, I think we can all agree that the Steelers were kind of per, more pretender than contender this year. Just It just was what it was. So just based on who Aaron Donald – I mean, Aaron Donald is the face 
up, although Chase Young is coming, by the way. Luke Keekley 2.0, I'm calling it, uh, who got Defensive Rookie of the Year. Aaron Donald is the face of defense in the NFL. He just is. Um, I mean, he's the first thing. He's the first person I think of when I think about the well, outside of Luke Keekley because he was a longtime Panther. But you get what I'm saying. Um, Aaron Donald's the face of defense. So based strictly on that brand and eye test, I understand why Aaron Donald won it. I do. But if you're going strictly by the numbers, and I don't have them in front of me, and don't not in my head, but I just remember looking at the chart, and he led. I think all but like one thing that was like neck and neck. TJ Watt should have won that award just based on the numbers. Do with that what you will. Um, let me wrap up with this. Going back to some ACC. I wanted to make this an ACC heavy show because we've been so NFL heavy. And I mean, this is ACC tailgate, but you know, again, we, we're multidimensional as humans. We like a lot of things. And I really wanted to, I want to emphasize that on this show. Like we can go anywhere. Yeah. That's just, that's kind of the type of character I am. Uh, I got a lot of interests, you know, Star Wars, sports. Uh, it just, it, I'm all over the place. So I wanted to mention uh, the AC. So ESPN did, and this was a couple weeks ago. ESPN did a top 30 recruiting rankings going into this coming year. And there was a really, really nice uh, plethora Let's, let's see here. Jigs Dad 44 says Rams to win the Super Bowl next year might be a decent investment. I agree. Uh, I'm not betting against the Buccaneers at this point just because, again, yet again, Tom Brady has just made a believer out of me. Uh, just like Again, just like he did that Patriots-Falcons comeback. It's just like, how do you bet against that? And I don't think they're going anywhere because a lot of – I mean, Mike Evans has talked about taking less money. Brady might end up taking less money. So they're going to keep that intact. So it's hard for me to bet against them right now in the NFC specifically. But if I had to choose another team that would be right there with them, it would be the Rams. Uh, we'll see what the Packers end up doing, you know, with Aaron Rodgers and that whole uh, negotiation. But just off what I know this very second, I would put the Rams right up in there that conversation. We're going to find what Matt Stafford is really made of now. Um you know, again, that defense was that defense will be back. That was real. That was just one of the best in the NFL this past year. Um, they're going to have Matt Stafford to work with. They're going to have those weapons on offense to work with. Again, Sean McVay will be back. Um, so you you make a fair point there. I mean, again, not betting against the Buccaneers yet, but the Rams are going to be right up there in the conversation immediately, just because of what um, what what Matt Stafford brings to the table. And it's going to be very interesting to see Matt Stafford actually have a elite offensive-minded head coach to work with in Sean McVay. So that is going to be – we will be discussing that moving forward. I promise you that. Uh, so to finish up, though, the ACC recruiting rankings, I just wanted to kind of briefly go over that with you um, because I think a lot of the teams that I – I'm going to be looking at in the next year. A lot of it's going to be dependent on what they're bringing in. For example, Clemson needs to figure out something in the trenches and with their secondary if they're going to stay on top. Or else Carolina, I believe, is going to take 
that crown away from them. That's kind of my hot take of the year. I got a few, but my main hot take that I'm concerned about this year is that Carolina, assuming they get some resemblance of a solid defense this year and continue to even slightly build on what they have offensively and Sam Howell and Matt Brown running the show, Mac, I called him Matt Brown, Mac Brown running the show, uh, Carolina could potentially take that, that crown away from Clemson. If Clemson does not fix something in the secondary and in the trenches, that could happen. So that that's going to be a factor for Clemson, and I already mentioned the defensive part, which I have heard that Carolina is bringing in some pretty solid defense defensive players this season, so that's going to be interesting how that plays out. Um, let's see here. Let me just go through the rankings real quick, and then Miami's in the conversation too. Uh, so number four – on that list was Clemson's recruiting class. Number 11 was Miami. Right behind him was UNC at number 12. UVA was at 23. NC State was at 24. Pitt, who's going to be interesting. They're my sleeper. Uh, actually, this coming year with Pickett coming back. They're at 25. And then FSU, who... So uh, my FSU was 27 on that list before I get into that take. My take on FSU going into this coming year is that they could potentially have a similar season that Boston College just had this past year. Now, obviously, FSU, Coach Norville is going to be in his second year with FSU, so he's not a rookie anymore like Boston College's head coach is or was. But Boston College had a very, very, very good year, especially considering where they've been. Um, and I, you know, my, I would, my take on Boston, I've got little takes on each team, but my take on Boston college is that they're going to be ranked in the top 25 at some point this year. I put that stake in the ground months ago and it's still right here. Um, so my stake in the ground on FSU is that while they're not going to be a massive threat or really any major threat to anybody in the ACC of importance, I do think they're going to have a very solid year. I think they're going to have, again, the type of comeback season that Boston College had that kind of put a a massive step in the right direction and a step that people kind of look back and say, all right, here they come. Uh, That's what I'm betting on for FSU. Um, Pitt, number 25 on that recruiting list, I think with Pickett coming back at quarterback. And I just think – I feel like – Pitt is going to be in the conversation. I don't, not at the top per se, not like with Clemson, not with Carolina, but I think Pitt could get dangerous. I'll leave it at that for now. I'm going to do a little more homework on that, but I just think Pitt could get dangerous. Uh, NC State, it'll be interesting to see how they pick up on what was a very, very good year. Uh, you know, probably. Outside of Boston College, probably one of the big surprises of the season or of the year, <clears throat> especially given the fact that Leary went out right when State had finally gotten in the top 25. Leary goes out. They get out of the top 25 for a little bit, then get right back in there at the end of the year. So it's going to be interesting to see with this recruiting class coming in how they're able to build on that. Um, so that will be interesting. And then UVA, uh, I think they're going to be better. 
and then again, Carolina, Miami, Clemson. You know, the big factor for Miami, I think, is going to be uh, assume if the Eric King comes back okay, and at the start of the year, Miami should be fine. They they were ranked twenty five uh, in the preseason poll by ESPN anyway. Um, he Miami or, or De'Aaron King is going to be the spark plug that makes or breaks Miami this year because I think again they got a good recruiting class coming in. Uh, their defense is going to have to be dealt with, kind of like Clemson's. Uh, Miami was not uh, the defensive team that it is known for being this past year at all. Uh, teams were dropping buckets against them, especially Carolina, who dropped sixty-two against them. Uh, so, yeah, Miami's going to have to get the defense dealt with, and assuming De'Aaron King comes back good, that's going to be a big factor as well. Uh, so, yeah, that are that is the recruiting rankings uh, going into the season, at least by ESPN, uh, for the ACC. So, really, a nice uh, plethora of ACC teams were in that top 30, which is always good to see. Uh, so I expect a, an even better year for ACC football next year, which is pretty great considering we had an incredible one just this past year. I think it's only going to build on itself. Uh, so that's going to be good. Uh, that's going to do it for today. I appreciate all of you guys tuning in. Uh, I appreciate American Betting Experts, our sponsor, uh, for uh, be, getting us uh, some great deals uh, for you guys. Uh, again, right side, right upper side of the, uh, our LandryFootball.com website, you can get on that deal from American betting experts. If you're a sports better, sports gambler, uh, keep an eye out on sports cards, by the way, too, if you're into that. Sports cards are getting interesting. Um, so, yeah, appreciate everybody tuning in. Appreciate our podcast listeners uh, who will be listening after this is put up on our, we- our, on our website. Uh, appreciate everybody watching. Uh, after the live stream, after this is posted on Twitch, uh, we we see all of you guys. We recognize all of you guys. Appreciate uh, all the donations we get, Jigsdad44 specifically, since I learned that today, that that's what Cheer 100 means. Uh, really appreciate that from you guys. And appreciate the comments. Love the comments. Uh, again, some of my favorite episodes I've done of the show, favorite segments I've done on this show have been because of the interaction in the comments. It just it makes it more fun. It adds a different dimension to the show. It, it gives me an opportunity to get you guys on the show because I always like to put your comment down here. Uh, so that's always fun. And uh, I hope you guys have a good weekend. You know, uh, since we only do this Tuesdays and Thursdays, you know, being Thursday, I'm out. You know, it's the weekend time. So no NFL football. Just like that, the NFL season's over. I hate it. So, But a lot of ACC basketball to look forward to. Uh, as we come down the stretch of the season. So great show today. Appreciate all of you guys tuning in. Uh, Chuck Oliver's show is coming up next, uh, so be sure to get in on that. And uh, until Tuesday at 11 a.m., we will catch you next time. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.